within a matter of minutes after the phone call, God laid it on my heart what to talk about. Laid it on my heart what to talk about. That is fascinating to me. We stand in an hour, in a day, where this video, the alarm that went off, that people need to hear about Jesus. We need to know that you and I, we are right with God today so we can tell people by our actions, by the way we live our life, by our words about Jesus Christ. We, in our church here today, we have people walking around the, the, the grounds. Doors are locked. Danger looms. It's coming. And we need to know about it so we can tell people so they'll be ready when Jesus Christ comes again. In Acts chapter 21, we're going to be talking about a watchman and what a watchman to do, what he's to say, what he's to look for. <clears throat> we are all watchmen. We're all watchmen. I have the opportunity this morning to be a watchman to tell you you have a responsibility to be a watchman over your family to tell them. We have a responsibility to be a watchman in our workplaces to tell them about the incoming danger. Do we even see the danger coming? Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this opportunity. I give you full reign here this morning, God, that you take care of whatever needs to be took care of, God. As I have prayed and asked and, and previously, Lord, that you will uh, fill this place with your presence, God. I pray that, that the hearts and minds, even as before we even begin, are maybe wondering, oh no, this again. May their hearts be ready. May the minds be pure, Lord. May we grasp what you want for us. You are sending a warning. May we grasp the warning, God. May we hear it. May we heed it. May we pass it on. Thank you, Lord. Bind the enemy away from this place, Lord. Bind the enemy so nothing can come in here to distract us, God. The many distractions of this world who pulls us away from you, God. I ask you to silence the cell phones. Take care of any electrical problems that, that may be laying in wait to jump out, Lord. I'm asking you to have clarity here this morning. I want to be a willing vessel for you to speak through. Take my mishaps, God, and correct them before they hit the ears of these great people, God. I love you and I thank you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God's people can say amen. Amen. During the Revolutionary War, a loyalist spy appeared at the headquarters of the Hussein commander, Colonel Jonathan Rawl, carrying an urgent message. George Washington and his Continental Army had secretly crossed the Delaware River that morning and were advancing on Trenton, New Jersey, where the Husseins were encamped. The spy was denied an audience with the commander and instead wrote his message on a piece of paper. A porter took the note to the Hussein colonel, but because Rawl was involved in a poker game, he stuffed the unread note into his pocket. When the guards at the Hussein camp began firing their muskets in a futile attempt to stop Washington's army, Rawl was still playing cards. Without time to organize, the Hussein army was captured. The battle occurred the day after Christmas, 1776, giving the colonists a late present the first major victory of the war. An urgent message was sent to this uh, Jonathan Raw. An urgent message. Danger was coming. But he's so involved in what he was doing in a poker game. They did not take heed of the message, and he stuck the paper in his pocket. Some will do that today. Maybe not here. Other churches where the Word of God is being us told to some will take it and stuff it in the pocket and not heed the warning that God is sending out Acts chapter 21 uh, we're going to read in 6 to uh, verse 12 for thus has the Lord said go set a watchman let him declare what he sees and he saw a chariot with a pair of horsemen a chariot of donkeys and a chariot of camels and he listened earnestly with great care. Then he cried, A lion, my lord, I stand continually on the watchtower in the daytime. I have sat at my post every night. I look, and look, here comes a chariot of men with a pair of horsemen. Then he answered and said, 
Babylon has fallen, has fallen, and all the carved images of her gods. He has broken to the ground. Oh, my threshing, the grain of my floor, that, that which I have heard from the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, I have declared to you. Verse 11, the burden against Duma. He calls to me out of Seir. Watchman, what of the night? Watchman, what of the night? And this is what the watchman said. The morning comes and also the night. If you inquire, inquire, return, come back. The watchman, this is a time of battle, wartime in, the, in the Israel's history. Babylon has been defeated. The Assyrian army is coming to conquer. There's, everybody knows that they're unstoppable. There's nothing they can do to stop them, and eventually they'll be at uh, Jerusalem to conquer them. They've set up this watchman, a watchman, a watchman, a man to watch and, and uh, tell and warn of the incoming danger. <clears throat> Ezekiel 3.17 says this, Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore hear a word from my mouth and give them warning from me. The watchman <clears throat> in the Bible were guards responsible for protecting towns and military installations from surprise enemy attacks and other potential danger. Ancient Israel Israelite cities often stationed watchmen on the high walls and watchtowers. Their job was to keep watch and warn the townspeople of impending threats. <clears throat> this message was given some 2,700 years ago, but it is prevalent today as it was then. We need watchmen to stand guard and look for the impending uh, uh, destruction that's coming. Just look around at what's happening in the world now. Look what's happening in the world. We've seen where uh, people are getting uh, persecuted for simply saying a prayer. Prayers took out of school years ago. The Christian world is getting persecuted. What is, was wrong 20 years ago is right today, and we're saying it's okay. We have no conviction of it. <clears throat> the enemy is coming. The enemy has snuck into our churches. The enemy has come and stuck in our churches where we're saying it's all right. It's all right if they do that. It's all right. We don't want to offend nobody. And I'm not here to offend you. I'm here to tell you what God has laid on my heart. There is a warning that's being given to you and I today that we need to be watchful. We need to be ready when the Lord comes back. We need to be ready at a moment's notice to tell someone about the Lord Jesus Christ, how you can accept Jesus Christ and enter into the family of God. People are losing their lives by the thousands to terrorist attacks, freak natural disasters, and horrors of war. <clears throat> the, uh, the, the psalm of sin in our world is rising. Old convictions and standards are being swept away <clears throat> right before our eyes. The winds of change are blowing all around us, and the fearful things that are just over the horizon. Just as there was in Isaiah's day, there's a need for the people of God to assume the role of a watchman. That need for us to take our stand, look at what is approaching, and open our mouths and sound the warning. When's the last time that we have told someone about uh, Jesus Christ, what is, he has done for you? Let me go ahead and tell you now that everybody has a story. Everybody has a story to tell. Are we are so ashamed of the story that what Jesus Christ has done in our life that we keep our mouths shut and we do not tell the story. If you have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, truly accepted him, not with a mind set but with a heart set, then you have the story of how God rescued you from the doors of hell that you was headed to. Hallelujah. Right. <clears throat> Praise God for his, his, his mercy and his grace. We are living in dangerous days. We're living in days when the enemies of the Lord and the enemy of the soul, Satan, would love, love nothing more than to overrun our lives and our churches. We see churches that are splitting up because of the homosexuality uh, crowd and the things that they're doing and things that they believe. Churches are accepting that. I am sorry, but God's word says that is wrong. You cannot accept that. That's what I'm talking about. The danger looms. The danger looms. We need to be watching. We're to, to avoid 
that the end that we need to consider the work of the watchman and understand the truth that his ministry is needed as much today as ever it was. The watchman and his missions, verse 6. For thus has the Lord said. Isaiah chapter 21. Go ahead, boy. That's just when I was nervous back there. I'm getting settled in now. Yeah, I was, I was nervous when I walked up the hall, hallway there, but we're getting settled in now. Yeah, while y'all get there, I, I stuck me a glass of water up here. Had me a, a cup of water here. I can see y'all going to be a rough bunch this morning. Yeah. Isaiah 21 is where we're going to be at. Acts 21 is for the later message. For thus has the Lord said, Go set a watchman and let him declare what he sees. <clears throat> the walled cities were considered, people who could live in the walled cities was blessed individuals. By an in, inside a city wall, they had two forms of protection. One was the wall itself, it stood as a barrier between the citizens and their enemies. And then it stood as a barrier between that which was acceptable and that which was not. The wall was a, was a uh, formidable barrier to overcome. The second form of protection those in the wall cities possessed was the watchman. He stood upon the wall and kept watch over the surrounding countryside. When invading armies or others dangers come into his view, he sound their warning, and those inside the wall knew to prepare. Both the watchman and the wall were essential to the survival of the city itself. Without the watchman, those inside the wall were blind, and without the wall, the watchman would have been unnecessary. The watchman has a twofold duty. He is to watch. Are we watching? Are we, are we like the Colonel Jonathan uh, Hall, where we're so involved, we're so zeroed in on my day, my job, my spouse, my girlfriend, my work, Whatever it is, if my soul focused on that, my own self, self is a major obstacle that we get focused on. <clears throat> Look at society, everybody's got to be cut up, and, and all the commercials that says we lose weight, and, and you drink this, and you do that, and you buy that, and, and you, you look like this. <laughs> We're so focused on ourselves. We're to be looking... Satan has crept in slowly in the night, in the darkness of the night at the wall of the city. The vision was cut down. You couldn't see as far. The enemy can creep in in the night and get close to, to the wall. The watchman is to watch. <clears throat> he is to watch. For, the important duty of the watchman was for him to watch. He was to stand in the towers or upon the wall with his eyes or to scan the countryside for any signs of trouble. From his high and lofty perch, he could see the glistening of armor, sword, and spear. He could see the banners of war as they waved. He could see the clouds of dust raised by the thousands of feet upon the, the desert sands. He was to be in his place with his eyes open. He was to watch. We are to watch also. We are to be ever so mindful. Look at what's happening in the news. Look what's happening into your churches. <clears throat> he was also to warn. If he saw anything approaching... Or not, he was to give his report to the people within the walls when they asked him of the conditions outside. When trouble arose in the distance, he was to lift up his voice and sound a warning so that people within the walls could prepare themselves so that those who lived outside the city could run in and find refuge. Isaiah 58.1 says this, where the, prophet Isaiah told, where the prophet Isaiah is told to cry aloud, Spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet and show my people their transgressions and the house of Jacob their sins. Hosea says this, where Hosea is told to set the trumpet to their mouth. The watchman in Isaiah's day had a duty to watch and warn. We are to be warned here today. God's judgment is coming. God's judgment is coming and if we are not right with God, in a right standing with God, 
how are we going to be able to tell these others who have no idea who God is? How are we going to be able to lead these people and tell them how they can come in and know the greatest friend that I've ever known in Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior? How are we going to be able to tell these people this? They People are looking for the Lord Jesus Christ. Like the, the little short video said, people are hungry for Jesus Christ. <clears throat> they want to hear how they can be saved. They want to hear about the joys of heaven. They see it in our walk. They see it in our talk, how we handle uh, when life turns bad towards us, when things don't go according to our plan. <clears throat> when William called and asked, and immediately this here's what took place, and this thought coming to my mind. Before William and Sandy were born, God was. When William and Sandy uh, met here at the church and they started their, their courting and they got married, God was. My God says he's in control of all things. Many, many years ago, God knew that this would be taking place right now and he knew who would be here right now. My God is telling you not Joe telling you, my God's telling you to be wary, be watchful, be looking out, be looking at your own uh, salvation with the Lord Jesus Christ, your relationship with him. Is it a true relationship or is it a, is it a fake relationship that the enemy has given you and give you and can give us, give us all this fake relationship that we think everything's okay. Yes, I'm all right. I have said the sinner's prayer. But are you truly from the heart of your bottom of your soul truly know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Because if you do know the, the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior from the bottom of your heart, then you will be, have a desire to tell someone about Jesus Christ. You will have a desire to tell them, to warn them of what's coming. We live in a day when it can happen before this message is done. God wants this group of people to hear it. I am sure of that as I'm sure as I'm breathing. Hallelujah. <clears throat> there was ever a time the watch was needed around the church, the home, the family, the schoolhouse, the community. The day is now. <clears throat> we need people of discernment to know the word of God desperately need people to know that the enemy and keep an eye on him and what he's doing God convicts your heart if you know him as your Lord and Savior and you're dallying in sin and you do things that's not pleasing to him then his convicting power convicts your heart and we know and then it should break our heart because our mind realizes that we've been deceived and we give in to the trap and snare of the enemy but hallelujah to a graceful and loving God who says, come unto me and I'll give you rest. First Peter 5, 8 says, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil, who prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Urgent. Today is the day. Today is the day we need urgent people. It's, this is a message that needs to take heart. May God not let you turn your mind off this morning. May God not let you turn your heart off this morning. May you hear it. And if it applies to you, may he convict your heart to where you'll want to run to him. What's coming? What's coming? We need people to watch and warn others of what's coming. What's coming? Luke 21 says this, But watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness, cares of this life, and that day come upon you suddenly like a trap. For it come upon all who dwell on the face of the whole earth. But stay awake at all times praying that you may have strength to escape all things that are going to take place and stand before the Son of Man. Hallelujah. What's coming? What's coming? It says, <clears throat> watch yourselves. Lest your hearts be weighed down. Lest your hearts be deceived by some petty difference that we get blowed up at one another and we don't speak. You get mad today because Joe's up here telling you what God's laid on his heart and I ain't have no more of that. I don't want that type of preaching. I want to feel good when I leave there. Then you need to go to some other place today. <laughs> we have to be obedient to God. 
And it comes from me, it comes to you, to you, to your family. You can't sugarcoat it. You've got to tell them this is wrong, this is wrong, based on the authority of God's Word. Hallelujah. Revelation 20 says this, Then I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it, from his presence earth and sky fled away, and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne. And the books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the, in the books according to what they had done. And the sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each of them, according to what they had done. Then death and Hades was thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name is not written and found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Hallelujah. Let me ask you a simple question. Is your book, do you know that your name's written in the book this morning? Well, there's about five of you. The rest of you, the altar is always open. This is not something to dally with. This is a matter of life and death. Whether it's good news or bad, we need people who will look at the world around them and raise the warning. <clears throat> Whether we see it or not, every area of life I'm, that I've mentioned so far is under attack. The enemy is doing everything he can to invade the church and lead us down the wrong path. He wants to change our worship, our Bible, our hymn book, and our message. Watchmen who will, we need watchmen who will see that and sound the alarm. We do not need people who will sugarcoat it. We do not need people who will tell us what we want, they think they want, we want to hear so we'll feel good. There are churches like that in America, mega churches where hundreds of thousands go to to get their feel good. This is not a feel good message. This is a warning message. You could, you or I, draw our last breath before you walk out this door. No one knows the time. The warning is being given. <clears throat> the home and family are, are under severe attack. Children have forgotten the meaning of submission and obedience. Husbands and wives have no concept of faithfulness, fidelity, and until death do us part. Parents have forgotten how to apply the Board of Education to the seed of learning. And we're raising a generation of rebels who know nothing about submission to authority. God has been killed in the schoolhouse. His book is off limits and children are forbidden to pray. They are taught that God is a myth from a, a repressed past. They are told that a man evolved from a single parasite and formed countless ages ago in a puddle of soup. If God can be marginalized and children taught that he does not exist, if they really believe that they are results of evolution, then there are no rules, no speed limits. They will careen down the highway of hell without thought of the consequences. And that is what's happening in our world today. That's what that's happening in our communities today. Just look around. Watchful, look around. Sound a warning. Talk to the people of your realm of influence. When I talk about the realm of influence, I have people that's around me that I have influence over. I have influence over my wife. I have influence some over my son. I have influence over some at my workplace. We each have a realm of influence that needs to hear the warning that uh, Jesus Christ is coming back. The signs are irrelevant. Look at what's happening in the earth. I, I watched a, a video of the earth pains, and it showed where the ground was just like it was just burping. It's just going up and coming down. Trees going up and coming down. Look at the, uh, the eclipse is fixing to happen, I think, the 21st of May. Is it not May? I think 21st of May. An eclipse is supposed to come. Look at the blood moons that just happened recently in the past year. These are all signs that are mentioned in God's Word. Are you ready today to meet the Lord Jesus Christ? That's the question. Are you right with God? Can you stand before a holy God right now and I'm good? Hallelujah. Let's take the ride. <clears throat> things are no better in the community. People outside the walls do not want to be bothered with thoughts of God. 
people don't want to hear it. Does that mean we don't need to tell them? You tell them. You live it. That's what you and I are to do. God deals with what's been given. I'll give you a little something else. I'm going to clarify here just in a minute. If you don't tell them, God takes them out of this world. The blood is on your head. The blood is on your head because you knew and you did not give the warning. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Some are trying to prevent even the president from placing his hand on the Bible during the swearing in at their inaugural service. Some want prayer banned from that event as well. The cry from the lost world is rising ever louder and they demand freedom from God's laws and even from God himself. They say away with the Ten Commandments, away with what's right and wrong, away with morality, away with Jesus, the Bible, God, Christianity, and the cross. We need to watch them in their day, but sadly there are a few who will respond to that. We will put relationship above God. We will put relationships above God. I don't want to offend my brother here. I'm going to sugarcoat and I'm going to, I'm going to tiptoe around him and, and he's dallying in some type of sin, but I'm not going to tell him about it because I value his relationship. I value his friendship more. I value it so much that I want to see him. I'm going to allow him to make the decisions and bow to bust hell wide open. The watchman comes up and says, I love you, brother. Let me tell you what God's word says. This is laid on my heart. And let God be God. Let God be God. <clears throat> Trends show that countries in Africa, Asia, and the Middle East are intensifying persecution against Christians. And perhaps the most vulnerable are Christian women who often face double persecution for faith and gender. North Korea was ranked number one for the 17th consecutive year as the most dangerous country for Christians on the world watch list. Persecution of religion happens also here. Christians persecuted is happening here at home on our own soul. It might not be at the level of beheadings or burned down churches yet, as seen in other places of the world, it's still growing. Traditional Christians are facing increasing intolerance in this country through the fines, the lawsuits, the job loss, and the public disdain felt. For example, Christian bakers are refusing to bake cakes for same-sex weddings or those in public office are refusing to authorize same-sex wedding certificates. These people have stood up for what they believe in and were given a huge amount of negative publicity. They were sounding the alarm. <clears throat> There's been constant push to remove all traces of God from government for many years. Our Pledge of Allegiance has been repeatedly been brought up saying that under God needs to be taken from its text. Even the American money has been brought into question and has have God we trust on it removed. At campuses throughout the country, outspoken Christians are, are regularly demeaned, debased, and targeted for their beliefs. Many times Christian college students will hear from others about how their religion, religion only has hateful, bigoted, and privileged believers. Many Christian colleges themselves have also been in jeopardy <coughs> to remove uh, their accreditation. Some have been asked to conform to secularist ideology or lose their accreditation. It's not only in colleges, too. It's happening in schools. <coughs> Just like many campuses, colleges, public schools are getting hit. Also, students' groups like InterVarsity have been kicked off campuses. A teacher in New Jersey was suspended for giving a student a Bible. A football coach in Washington placed on leave for saying prayers at the field at the end of a game. Warning, warning. Like the video said, danger is approaching. Danger is approaching. <clears throat> That's just good stuff. That deserves a drink of water. I'm going to sweat, I'm going to drink a little bit. <clears throat> Teachers oftentimes do not step in during these types of situations because they feel that they cannot touch on such subjects. Instead, they choose to center all religion in the classroom, letting ignorance and bullying flourish. 
These are some of the things that's starting to happen. What are we doing about it? What are we doing? What are you doing? What am I doing? You tell the word of God and let God do what he does. If my God can save me, if he can implant a, a message of this magnitude within minutes, if my God can form the earth, if my God knows me before I was in my mother's womb, he can certainly take care of these issues if the alarm has been sounded and the warning given. <clears throat> Over 245 million Christians living in places where they experience high levels of persecution. 4,305 Christians killed for their faith. Over 1,800 churches and other Christian buildings attacked. 30, over 3,100 believers detained without trial, arrested, and sentenced, and imprisoned. Where are the watchmen? We are the watchmen. Has the enemy put things in our path that has distracted us from doing what Jesus said for us to do in verse 6? And it says, go set a watchman, let him declare what he sees. Declare what he sees. Are we even looking for what's happening around the world? The signs of the times, that's always a very popular <coughs> subject. Fish by the, by the hundreds of thousands washing up dying. Whales by the, by the hundreds beaching themselves and dying. Great volcanoes happening and burning. Wildfires burning. Billions of animals killed. Signs of the time, and that's just a touch of it. That's just a touch of it. With the information age that we live in, all it takes is a few clicks and you can see what's going on. Gives you a little something else to talk to God about. Maybe it puts a little sense of urgency in your heart for the loved one or the one that God has put on your heart to talk to about. A sense of urgency to pray and be ready. Whenever this opportunity presents itself or the opportunity on Sunday morning when I get to teach a Sunday school class, a matter of fact, a great Sunday school class, not because of the teacher but because of the people that's in there. <clears throat> Hallelujah. That's time to say amen there, class. And um, I ain't got the Twisted Sisters back there in it. <clears throat> when God gives these opportunities, you just don't wake up an hour before you come to church and say, okay, I'm going to teach it takes studying. It takes looking at. It takes research to be able to understand this, to be able to grasp what the Holy Spirit is wanting out. The Holy Spirit guides. He can guide a computer too with a click. We live in a busy world that supplies us with endless distractions from our faith. When we become distracted from our faith, we become separated from God <clears throat> think of your faith as a drive. Who wants to be in a car with a distracted driver? All kinds of things can happen. You miss your exit. You run off the road. You take a wrong turn. It's no different in your relationship with Jesus Christ. There are all kinds of spiritual distractions <clears throat> that take us on all kinds of wrong paths and far away from God. I got a couple of here. Ourselves. We're human. We, need to, <clears throat> we tend to be very self-focused. It's easy for us to get lost in our problems and ourselves and to point where we lose sight of God. When we become too focused on ourselves, we are no longer focusing on God. God loves us and he wants us to care for ourselves, but he, he designed us for more than just to take care of ourselves. He also wants us to care for one another, to love, to love him. Uh, John 13 says this, and now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you, should you love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciple. To be able to love one another, truly love one another the way God wants us to love, the way God loves you, the way he loves me. He loves me in spite of what I am. I am a sinner. I am a sinner saved by God's holy grace. Hallelujah for that. You, if you are, a, a, you are all a sinner also, and if you know the Lord Jesus, it's that same grace that's come to you that has saved you. And if you have this grace and you have this uh, God's love living in you, 
then you practice it by loving one another. Not just the ones that you want to love, but the ones that ain't so lovable in your life. To go up and put your arm around them, to welcome them, to love on them, to love them enough to tell them, danger's coming. Let me show you. Love them enough. Lust and love is another. No matter how old or young you are, lust and love are huge spiritual distractions. We find ourselves thinking of love before we even think of God. We find ourselves lost in romantic fantasies or distracted by some uh, other means like pornographic stuff. We can even get lost in our, in our partners to where we no longer focus on our faith. We only focus on the other person. <clears throat> Breakups can be a huge distraction uh, in our sales and sadness. Christians are very marriage-focused, and they desire to get married. can also be a huge distraction from God. Entertainment, another area where... We can get distracted. Television, movies, books, they all provide an escape from our daily lives. There's nothing that says we cannot provide ourselves a little break from reality by being entertained. But when the entertainment gets in the way of our faith, it becomes a spiritual distraction. Things. The world is one of the promotes having things. Every week there seems to be a new gadget we're, uh, we're told that we need in our lives. We need to, that we learn the difference between what we need and what we want. When we keep our perspective on needs versus wants, things in life become far less distracting from our relationship with God. Things come into our path. It's a big thing. We want this. We want that. We go out and get this. We live in a day and time where money's easy to get, hard to pay back. You get the money, then all of a sudden you got to pay it back. I ain't making enough to pay it back. I'm going to have to work another job. I'm going to have to sacrifice my ties to pay it back. These are things that distract us from serving and living for God. Service. <clears throat> well, Every, even serving God can provide a spiritual distraction. We may be working for him, but sometimes we lose sight of God in our desire to be good servants. <clears throat> Look at Mary and Martha. Jesus shows up. One's a cooking. What's the other one doing? At his feet. One's complaining. Who's complaining? What's she complaining about? She ain't getting no help. What did Jesus tell her? What did Jesus tell her? Luke says, as Jesus and disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed them into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, does it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. And this is what the Lord's reply was. My dear Martha, you are worried and upset over these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. There's only one thing that we need to be concerned about, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the only thing that should be in the forefront of our minds. That should be on our minds daily. Not about the paycheck that I'm going to get next week. Not about the meal at dinner time the, today that you'll get to go eat. The Lord Jesus Christ has a mission for each one of you. That mission, part of that mission is being a watchman. A watchman to tell your family. A watchman to warn of the impending judgment that comes. Look at 7 and 10. We just got through that one verse here. We all right, ain't we? We all right. <clears throat> 7 and 10. I like it. It's good. 7 and 10. And he saw a chariot with a pair of horsemen, a chariot of donkeys, and a chariot of camels, and he listened earnestly with great care. Then he cried, A lion, my Lord. <clears throat> I like it. You know what? You know that when he says, Then he cried? His voice was like a, like a lion. It was so loud to warn what was coming. Then he cried to the lion, my Lord, I stand continually over the watchtower in the daytime. I sat at my post every night. <clears throat> and look, here comes a chariot of men with a pair of horsemen. Then he answered and said, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, and all the carved images and her gods, <clears throat> he has broken to the ground. Oh, my threshing and the grain of my floor that which I have heard from the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, I have declared to you. The watchman and his methods in, in uh, 7 through, through and 8, he was vigilant in his watch. 
verse 7 tells us that he saw. He says that he hearkened diligently with much heed to what he saw. He took great care in watching and great care in nothing, in nothing, everything he saw. In verse 8, he compares himself to a lion. A watchman cried as a lion with a great voice upon the side of the chariots and horsemen. He lifted up his voice. He roared like a lion to express the terror he was in and the greatness of the calamity that was coming upon the city. He tells us that he was in his place both day and night. He did not leave his post but remained there to make sure that nothing occurred on his watch that he did not see. The watchman sets a great example for us. 1 Peter 5.8, we are told, be sober, <clears throat> be vigilant, because your adversary the lion, or about your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. The word sober means to be calm. Stay calm. And collected in spirit. Vigilant means to be watchful. We're not to be tired and, 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 and fall asleep at our watch. We need rest. I'm not saying that you don't get rest and sleep. But sleep and rest does not come before the Word of God and your time with the Word of God. The idea here is that the Lord's watchmen are not to get caught up in the excitement of the times. We are not to be disturbed by the events around us. But we are to be ever watching. <clears throat> we know how things appear when there is calm. When we see trouble on horizon, we, we are to sound the warning. The world is changing all around us. We, we are not to be disturbed by the things we see happening around us, but we are to watch always and warn others. Without giving the devil any glory, he is a slick adversary. Second Corinthians says this, But I am not surprised. Even Satan disguised himself as an angel of light. He will deceive you and I. He will deceive us, trick us, trap us. If we allow him to, we need to watch out for him and refuse to give in <clears throat> so much as a foot, foothold in your church, your family, or your home, or your, or your life. Again, it comes back to your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. If you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, whenever we start straying off this path, he pulls us back in. He tugs on that heart. He lets us know that we are doing wrong. He, let, he loves us enough to let us know. And when he, he lets us know, we have the choice to choose what we're going to do. We can continue down that path or we can come back to the fold and be used of God. Then take that experience. Take that experience and go to a brother or a sister because you've had the experience in that area. Let me tell you what God's done for me when I was where you were at. Let me tell you what God can do because he's done this for me. When I strayed, when I fell off, when I church turned backslide. It was a vigorous, he was vigorous in his warnings. When the watchman saw trouble approaching, he did not keep it the message to himself. Instead, he opened his mouth and shouted out the warning for all to hear. He told everyone within earshot the trouble was coming. <clears throat> As we watch the enemy approach ever near to the walls of our churches, our homes, and our families, and our communities, we have the responsibility to sound a warning. We have the responsibility to tell them. And in our time, there will be the responses like this. What's the use? He's never going to change. He's going to do what he's going to do. I love this woman to death right here. Before I married this woman, I had a co-worker, a co-worker who was in supervision, looked at me and said, y'all won't last a year. I think we're working on about 34 in the box. My God can do it all, buddy. My God can do it all. <clears throat> What's the use? No one's listening to us. <clears throat> we can answer that by minding us that one of these days 
we're going to face our Savior at the judgment seat of Christ. On that day, we will give account of how well we raised the alarm in our day. We will give an account for this. You are getting the warning today. If you do not heed the warning, let me tell you what Ezekiel 33 says. Once again, a message come to me from the Lord. Son of man, give your people this message. When I bring an army against a country, the people of the land choose one of their own to be a watchman. When the watchman sees the enemy coming, he sounds the alarm to warn the people. Then if those who hear the alarm refuse to take action, it is their own fault if they die. They heard the alarm but ignored it, so the responsibility is theirs. If they had listened to the warning, they could have saved their lives. But if the watchman sees the enemy coming and doesn't sound the alarm to warn the people, he is responsible for their captivity. They will die in their sins, but I will hold the watchman responsible for their deaths. Now, son of man, I'm making you a watchman for the people of Israel. Therefore, listen to what I say and warn them for me. If I announce that some wicked people are sure to die and you fail to tell them to change their ways, then they will die in their sins and I will hold you responsible for their deaths. But if you warn them to repent and they don't repent, then they will die in their sins, but you will have saved yourself. You and I are going to be held accountable. And I know that we know people I know that we know people who need to hear the Lord Jesus Christ. I know that there's some that need to hear it. They have been distracted by other things. TV, computers, phones. It's up to you and I to warn them and tell them what's happening. And if you do not, then you'll be held accountable for God. I feel good right now. I feel I, I, I feel I just feel good. <clears throat> we need to take heed to the certain signs of the enemy's approach and warn them to flee from the judgment to come. Matthew 24 says this, the signs of the times and the ends of the age. Now he sat on the Mount of Olives. The disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when these things be and what will be the sign of your coming at the end of the age. Jesus says this, take heed that no one deceives you. We have many churches as I already stated that are deceiving. They don't tell about the blood of Jesus. They don't tell about the incoming judgment of God. They don't tell that you're going to be held accountable because you and I have not told someone about Jesus Christ. Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famine, pestilence, and earthquakes in various places. All these things are the beginning of sorrows. Hebrews says this here. And just as each person is destined to die once, and after that comes the judgment. So also Christ is offered once for all time as sacrifice to take away the sins of many people. He will come again not to deal with our sins, but to bring salvation to all eagerly waiting for him. Look at what's happening. I done, we done talked about it. The earthquakes, the fires, the tsunamis, the tornadoes, floods. I stand to tell you, to warn you, be ever so watchful. Be ready to meet Jesus Christ. Be ready to tell the lost of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Let's look at verse 11 and 12. <clears throat> we all get out of hand. 11, the burden against Duma, he calls to me out of seer. Watchman, what of the night? Watchman, what of the night? The watchman said, the morning comes, and also the night. If you will inquire, inquire. Return, come back to me. Isaiah declares a prophecy against the people of Edom in, in these verses. They're pictured as someone who approaches the wall, yells up at the watchman during the night, and cries, watchman, what of the night? What, he's, what's going on here? How long is it going to be till morning? Watchman, what of the night? There's three areas that we fall into, we can fall into here. I'm going to read the three, 
and you decide where you at. Some would, would say to this question of a careless heart, they believe that is, that is asked in a voice of sarcasm, the question not really caring if he receives an answer or not because he does not plan to change or prepare for what's coming. Or born out of contempt, the questioner may be, may be saying to the watchman, I know what you think, you see, and I hear what you say, but I do not believe a word of it, and I will not heed your warning. Or it could be this, from a concerned heart. The questioner might be asking, watchman, tell me, is everything all right? When will the morning come? Is there any hope? Regardless of the condition of the heart, the watchman has a threefold answer. This is the same answer the watchman our day need to have to ready to serve, ready to warn these people. He speaks of the dawn. The watchman talks about the morning cometh. It sounds out that the glad note that the night is nearly spent and the dawn is about to break. The night is about done. We've about made it through the night. The enemy tries to sneak in during the darkness. The morning is coming. We'll be able to see. The night was the most frightening time of all. The watchman could not see as well as the enemy had a better chance of sneaking in the attack. In the daytime, the enemy would be far more easily exposed. The news that dawn was coming brought comfort to the hearts of the people of the city. <clears throat> How great a watchman are we this morning? How great a watchman are we this morning? It won't be long, brothers and sisters, until the Lord comes to take us home. Whether through the rapture or through when these bodies give up. One of the two. Some of us are closer than others. And we really don't even know how close we are. One breath away. One heartbeat away. Do we see the urgency to tell people? It won't be long till the Lord comes back to take us to heaven. He promised he'd come. John 14 says this, Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If there was not so, I would have told you that I, that I am going to prepare a place for you. When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. First Thessalonians says this here, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel, with a trumpet of call of God. First the believers who have died will rise from the graves, then together with them we who are still alive will remain on earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. Jesus' last recorded words was, Surely I come quickly. That's the last thing he said in Revelation 22. Surely I come quickly. We need to be ever so watchful. It may be dark right now, but morning is about to break and, and we're going to be out of here. Praise God for the morning comes. Psalms 30 says this here, For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes in the morning. Hallelujah. He speaks of the incoming doom. He tells the people that after the morning passes, the night's coming back. The night has spent. Morning has come. Praising God. Hallelujah. But the night will be back. The danger will be, can be coming back. For people of God, there is a bright, happy morning on the horizon. But for the people who do not know the Lord Jesus, there is nothing but the dark night of eternal separation and eternal punishment in hell. Things are looking up for the people of God, but the lost man has nothing to look forward to but the undiluted wrath of an almighty God. John 3 says this, And anyone who believes in God's Son has eternal life. Anyone who doesn't obey the Son will never experience eternal life, but remains under God's angry judgment. Hebrews 12, For our God is a consuming fire. He speaks of decisions. <clears throat> the watchman tells those who hear him to inquire and return and come. In verses 12, if you will inquire, inquire, return, come back. <clears throat> God is calling us to come back to him where we have maybe slipped away a little bit. Maybe we don't know him as your Lord and Savior. I guarantee you there's somebody in here that doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. This, this ain't by accident. This just don't happen. God's got a purpose for this. 
He's got a purpose for this. This message for all of us to be telling people, to be watchful. Look around what's, how the enemy's crept into our lives and come first place in areas and God's become second. We will sit here just like at the beginning of the service when I read the story about the commander the, of the Hussein army. He got the message, the message of vital importance was brought to him. He stuck it in his pocket. Some will do that here this morning. They'll stick the message in their park, pocket and they'll go on. And then, not careful, they'll suffer defeat and into captivity. There's great danger on the horizon. Still time to make changes now. We need to come to God, return to Him. That's what that scripture's saying. If you will inquire, inquire, return, come back. <clears throat> that was the message they need to hear that day. And it's a message that still needs to be told today by the watchman of our day. We need to be telling these people, danger, great danger looms, <clears throat> but it's not too late. God is still saving souls. He's still changing lives. Hallelujah. My God's still saving souls, and he's still changing lives. My God's still a forgiving God. My God, and his word says, my grace is anew every morning. There's been a new bucket of grace poured out this morning, a new bucket of grace poured out in here this morning. There's been a new bucket of grace that I've experienced here this morning. Hallelujah. My God is a saving God. To be right with God, to be in tune with God, to have the confidence of God, to go up and speak these truths to the people who God is laying on your heart and your mind at this very hour, to tell them. Not in a bullying way, but in a loving way. Because you love them. Love one another. Hallelujah. <clears throat> He's changing lives. He is still receiving all that will come to him by faith. That's what needs to be shared to this lost world. They need to hear the news that there's still hope. All is not lost. They can be saved. They will come if they will return to him. Where are their watchmen? who gazing over the horizon? Where are the watchmen who see the danger of the approaching judgment? Where are the watchmen who see the enemy creeping over the, closer to the walls of our churches and families and homes and communities? Where are the watchmen who set the trumpet to their lips and sound a warning? Where are these people? They're in here. They are in here this morning. You are the watchmen. You are here this morning by authority of God's word and commanded by God to be a watchman to tell people about the impending judgment that's coming. Talk about it in your families with your children, grandchildren. Talk about it at the co-working place. Talk about it at the gas station, the grocery store. Live it by word of mouth. Live it by the walk that you walk. Tell people about the love of God. <clears throat> Ask you by your eyes. By your close your eyes, please. This altar is open. It's always open. It's always open. Are we doing everything we can this morning to comfort those who are looking for hope and challenge? Those headed to hell. Has the Lord dealt with you about being a better watchman? You need to come to him. Has the Lord opened up our eyes that the enemy is closer than we think to our church, our family, and our home, and our community? Then we need to come to him. Maybe he's shown us <clears throat> that we're outside the wall. Maybe he showed us that we're not saved. Maybe he's calling us to come to him and get inside the safe walls of his salvation before the end comes. We die lost. <clears throat> may, the, may there be a heart here that cries out, Watchman, what of the night? If that is you, then come. Bring it to the Lord Jesus. Don't be like Colonel Johan Rao where we've heard the warning, we've heard the message and we've turned and we've stuck the message in our pocket and we're going to leave here with the message stuck in our pocket and we're not going to tell nobody. We're not concerned about nobody. They're not going to hear us. They're not going to pay no attention to us. It's not for us to decide that. God's telling us to be watchful and to tell tell of the impending doom, the impending judgment that comes upon the earth. Families need to be prayed over. Families need to be protected. <clears throat> this morning, you've heard the word of God. You've heard the warning. 
My hands are clean.